9.30, how you doing this morning? Oh my goodness, it is so great. Uh, it's great to have my wife back hosting a service. She took a little hiatus after the third born. But man, it's good to have the mom of the house back on the stage. Love you, babe. Proud of you. Great job. It's just great to be in church together this morning. How, you feel good? I can't see you, but you, I feel like you smell good. Uh, there you are. Come on. And you look good. It's going to be great this morning. I, uh, I want to celebrate a couple things before uh, we get into this last message in the free series. First thing I want to celebrate is just our dream team. I mean, come on. Our dream team just showing up early. When I was here at 630 this morning and there was a whole crew of people unloading bins out of trailers, I, just, I took this look at this group of people and I'm like, number one, you're all crazy. You're, why are we doing this? Why are we here right now? This is sort of crazy. Um, but I also just had this overwhelming gratitude uh, for the heartbeat of this house and the way that, that people really care and love on you. And, uh, and so can we just give it up for our dream team this morning? Come on, just give it a shout. Let's give it a shout for our truck team this morning. Truck team. That's first in, first out. If you want to know what's what, our truck team telling you, it is amazing the serve these guys drop, and we're so excited. But I'm excited. Uh, about two weeks from now, it's going to be Easter Sunday as we are going to celebrate together the greatest day in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in your seat this morning are some Easter invites. Go ahead, grab them right now. Just pick them up. Put them in your, whatever you are going to be carrying them around with. If you, you know, if you've got a little you got a little man wallet. You got one of those phones that you can slide things into. Um, whatever you got, you got your purse. Put it in there right now. Don't forget. I actually had some friends texting me this week that I was going to see. They're like, "Hey, can you bring me some invites?" And I'd already given all mine away. And so I today I grabbed like fifty before the service. If four is not enough for you, and listen, my kids are each inviting twenty people, so no big deal. Like if you can't do if you can't do twenty, that's fine. A four year old can, but it's like whatever. You know, it's all good. Yesterday, actually, this is fun. I went out to Walmart and just got little uh, packets of Easter eggs that, I'm, that we're going to be stapling them on because then the kids give them away and they feel really great. And so we're just going to hype up their preschool like never before. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so here's the thing about Easter. It is, of all the 52 weeks, the week where, where you would normally get a no to an invitation, one study even said 80% of people who don't attend church would say yes to an Easter invitation. It's that Sunday. And here's what I know. You have not really experienced a real true church experience until you've had someone that's close to you and far from God sitting next to you on a Sunday. I mean, you care about everything on that week. You're like, I hope they do the, my favorite song. I hope he preaches good. I hope do not mess this week up. You'll just be sitting there nervous the whole time. Don't mess this up. And uh, you know what? We're ready for you. We're ready for your friends. And it's going to be amazing. We're doing three services on Easter Sunday. We've never done three services on a Sunday before, but thank God. For, we're going to have three packed full services on Easter. And so I want to encourage you to uh, just, just, be, just be getting amped up about this and inviting. It's going to be amazing uh, Easter Sunday. Well, this morning in the lead up to Easter, we're, we're wrapping up this free series. And it's been connecting with people really in a pretty meaningful way. And I say it's been connecting uh, because I think we all have this understanding or have had this feeling that there's something in my life that even though I'm a follower of Jesus, I wish I could be free of. You could be a follower of Jesus on your way to heaven, and saved, but have still a thing in your life that you say, if that thing wasn't in my life, my life would be a whole lot better. And that's God's desire is to actually 
fulfill that dream, to be leading you on a journey to more and more freedom. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8, if the Son sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. And so it is God's desire to lead us on a journey of freedom. And so here's what the journey of this series has looked like so far. In week number one, we talked about identifying the lie that keeps us trapped. Really, for a lot of us, it's not even the issue anymore that's keeping us trapped. It's just believing the lie that we could not be free. And so how do we identify the lie so we can begin to replace it with God's truth? Well, then in week two, we talked about how do we actually close the door on those things and not allow them into our lives anymore. We talked about living a life of integrity. But we said that might not be what you think it is because it's not living a perfect life. It's living an honest life. Integrity means I'm just not going to live two lives. I'm going to have somebody or several people in my life that I'm able to say to them, here's how I'm really doing. Here's what's really going on in my life. I need you on the journey. I need you to pray for me. Let's show up for one another. This is a part of shutting the door on your past. Then we got to week three and reach our, reach, reach, ha, that's my wife. I'm um, referring to in the wrong way, but uh, (laughs) Rach said already, uh, Pastor Rachel said that, that last week was, was fire. It was amazing. It was shake it off week. Shake it off. That's just a declaration. Doesn't it just feel good to say? Come on, shake it off. Now we are, here at Resonate, we're journey people. If there's an issue in your family, or if there's some sort of challenge in your life, it's usually going to be a journey that God uses to lead you to freedom. So we're journey people. Like, you're going to need prayer you're going to need the right people in your life. You're going to need some godly counsel, some professional counseling. You're going to need a whole bunch of things to step into freedom. However, there are points in the journey where you just got to stop and say, I'm going to shake it off. I, I'm choosing right now to shake this thing off, whether it was your difficult night last night. Come on. Who had, uh, last night, uh, our, our kids went to a birthday party. And um, we love you, Sandy, uh, for planning that birthday party to go over their bedtime because uh, my kids got hyped up on pizza and candy and running around uh, a bouncy play area that when they got home, again, I love you, Sandy, but when they got home, they were like two, three hours of screaming and misery. Eventually, I had to take away the unicorn. that I don't want to say who gave it to her, but it was Sandy. Uh, uh, I eventually had to take away the unicorn. Uh, Eventually, at some point in the night, after a whole lot of screaming, Rachel had to say, the unicorn is dead. Okay, and then the emotions went from, I'm just going to be stubborn and fight you to ab- actual sadness. And you know what? I thought to myself, you know what? I'm, I'm much better at dealing with sadness. So I'm okay with this. I can comfort you in sadness. I can't deal with your stubbornness. Gosh, th- listen, it's Sunday morning. Shake it off, right? You got to shake it off. You got to show up. You got to preach. You got to love people. You got to shake it up. I don't know if it's a bad day for you, a bad week, a bad year, maybe a bad decade. Come on. I'm here to say again to you this morning, shake that thing off and walk on into freedom. And then we're going to come into this last week of the series and and we're going to talk about staying free. Because once you've shaken it off and you've gotten free, how do we stay free? And I'm excited to go to God's word together. We're going to go to one of the most uh, famous passages of scripture in the Bible, Luke chapter 15. It's going to be the parable of the prodigal son. We're going to see something different than we normally see from that parable. Before we do that, let's start off this way. Uh, a man walks into a pet store. He's just kind of minding his own business, looking around. All of a sudden, a parrot says, you're the ugliest man I've ever seen in my life. Well, the man's obviously offended. 
So he goes over to the pet shop, pet shop manager, and he's like, your parrot just offended me and insulted me. So the manager walks over to the parrot, slaps it around a little bit, says, don't you ever insult the customers like that again. About a month later, same man walks into the same pet store. He's wandering around, he's minding his own business, just kind of doing his own thing. But he hears the parrot say, hey, you. The man says, me? The parrot says, yeah, you. The man says, what? The parrot goes, you know what. <laughs> Come on, you'll figure that out later. <laughs> Isn't this how the devil works in your life? Hey, you. You know what. Because maybe in this series on living free, you've been getting free from that desire to isolate yourself and hide and withdraw from people. You've been actually reaching out and trying to form some new relationships and connectedness to help you walk and stay free. But you know what? A voice is going to come along that says, hey, you. You know what? You know who you are. You're better when you withdraw. It's better for you to protect your heart and do this on your own. This is Life is, hey you, hey, you know what? Or maybe in this series, you decided, I'm going to get free from something. Maybe you've had an issue with pornography, and in week number one or week number two, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm putting that away from my life, and you've been a few weeks free. But there's a voice that's going to come along and say, hey, you, you know what you did. You know who you are. Don't think you can live free. Hey, you, you know what? Maybe you weren't even attending church when the series started and, and, and you're brand new to church or you're coming back to a love relationship with Jesus or maybe you, you've just committed your life to Christ. You're brand new in a relationship with God through Christ Jesus and, and, and you're in this place and you're excited and you've received salvation, but there's a voice that's going to come along and say, hey, I, 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 hey, you, you know what? You know what you did. You know who you are. Don't think this can last. Don't think this is real. Don't think you can go on and grow in God and journey in God and get free in God. No, hey, you, you know what? And today I want to stand before you and say, no, your heavenly Father is here today to give you some gifts so you can stay free. He's not just going to free you. Come on, somebody. He's going to give you some things that you need so you can stay on free. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know where the Pentecostal church that I usually preach to is in the 930 service, but maybe you've lost your voice with Shake It Off. You were so, let's go. This is going to be good. Luke 15. Let's go there together. Luke 15 is, is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, and I say that a lot, but I like my Bible a lot. So Luke 15 is the parable of the prodigal son. It's an illustrated story that Jesus tells one day as he wants to reveal to people what the heart of the Father is like. So he tells this story that, uh, that most of us, when we read it, we, we read it from the perspective of, well, I can come back to God and God's love is still there for me. That's kind of the central theme of the story. But what I want us to see today is, is actually something I've, not, I've never really talked out, out of this passage or really even known or, or dove into ever in the past. And it's that actually once the son comes home, the father gives him some gifts. And I believe these are things that help us stay free. But in case you don't know the story, let's, let's rewind. Let's go through it together. A young man goes to his father. There's two boys in the family. The younger goes to dad and Essentially says, Dad, you're dead to me. I don't want anything to do with you. In fact, I want you to give me what's mine. Give me my portion of the inheritance. And I got to get on up out of here. I, I don't want to be around this family. I don't want to be around you. In verse 13, Luke 15 tells us that not many days after that, that this young son gathered all that he had, and he took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. So he gets up. 
And he goes not just into the city. He goes not just a few towns away. He goes countries away, basically as far as his feet can get him from his family. And it's there that he spends everything he has. Well, he ends up hungry, and he ends up with nothing, and so he finds, he finds a place where he can hire himself out just feeding some pigs, and he's living amongst pigs, and he's eating with pigs. And verse 17 says, he comes to himself and, and, and thinks, well, how many of my father's hired servants have more than I've got right here? They've got more than enough bread, but I'm here dying of hunger. I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to my dad, and I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm not even worthy to be your son. But I know you treat your servants better than I'm being treated here. Could, could I be one of your servants? And so this son starts the long journey back home through multiple countries. And the Bible tells us that he doesn't even get to the front door of the house. His father's actually waiting for him and watching for him and runs to him. And this is such a beautiful picture of the love of God. And this is for somebody or multiple people in the room this morning. This is your day to return to God or to make a decision to come to him for the very first time. And you need to know that God is going to run to you today. He's been waiting for you. This son comes home and he runs to his father and, and the father wraps him up and restores him and invites him in. And, but not only that, in verse 22, we get to the part that I want to preach about today, which is the father says, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. The father gives him three gifts. He gives him a robe, a ring, and some shoes. Say those things with me. A robe, a ring, and some shoes. Now, how many guys, you're a robe guy? You've got a robe, you wear it around the house, you're a robe guy. Any robe guys in the room this morning? There's a couple of robe guys. This is really not, we didn't really need to know who the robe guys were. I just want to know who the confident men were in the room because if you're admitting to being a robe guy, there's just something, there's a strength about you. We see you in church leadership in the future. I just wanted to know who are going to be tapping on the shoulder. We need you to step up and lead because you are confident men. If I had a robe, and even if I loved my robe, and I wore it around the house, I wouldn't tell you about that robe. But these guys would, and we, this is amazing. We know. I am not a robe guy, but there's something significant about, about this robe because the Bible actually uses a robe symbolically several times. To refer to a gift of something God puts on us and clothes us with. Isaiah talks about this in Isaiah 61. It says, I'll rejoice greatly. I'll rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God. For he's clothed me with the garments of salvation. He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. A robe of righteousness. Righteousness means the way that God sees you. That if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you put your faith in what Jesus has done for you, that the Colossians says that God sees you holy and blameless and above reproach in the sight of God. That's righteousness. He sees you as clean. He sees you as washed. He sees you as forgiven. He sees you pure and a new creation. Come on, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. He or she, come on, the old is gone. Behold, all things have been made new. This is who we are when we come to Christ. We're a, a new creation. This is righteousness that the Father puts on the Son. I believe what we're supposed to see from this first gift is we're supposed to see that the Father wants to change the way the Son thinks about himself. The Father wants to change the way this Son sees him because even though he's now home and in the house and he's been embraced and he knows he's forgiven and he knows that he belongs, he's still going to pass by a mirror and if he doesn't change what's on the outside, he's going to still think that's who he is. 
You see, at all points in the day, the son is not going to hear his father saying, you belong, there's a place for you, this is your house, look at you, you belong in this place. The father knows the son will be outside the reach of his voice, and he says, I'm going to put some clothes on you that continuously remind you that you belong in this house. Let's press into the significance of this a little bit deeper. Because when Satan fell from heaven, and if you want more on the whole Satan story, go back to week number one of the message series and we wrestle through the fact that a lot of Christians think that the devil's just symbolic. The Bible says that when Satan fell from heaven, he actually rebelled against God, him and, and a third of the angels, and God kicked them out of heaven like lightning like that. And it sounds for many like a cosmic fairy tale, like that didn't really happen. But every single one of us has experienced this in some way in our lives, and here's why. When the Father kicked him out of heaven, he became homeless, he did not belong, and he had no access to the Father. And all you need to do is take a little bit of a look around in our culture today and see the prevalence of people feeling like they don't belong, like there's no place to call home, and there's like a disconnect from the Father. Come on, this is exactly what the devil has tried to produce in humanity is what he now has to feel himself. It's what he's tried to put on every single one of us, and this is why it's so important to actually receive the gift of the Father, which is not just any robe, it's the best robe. It's like go down to Holton Renfrew and get some of those two expensive shoes and put them on my boy. I want him to understand that he belongs in this house. And this is how God wants you to see yourself when you walk into church. He wants you to actually come in with your head held high, not like this is some collection of people that you hope never find out your secrets. But come on, sir, I don't care how old you are, you're a son in this house. Come on, ma'am, I don't care how old you are. You're a daughter in this house. God sees you as belonging in this place. This is a home for you. Come on, this is a place of true belonging. Because Not because of who you are and what you've done and that you figured it all out. Because when you walked in here, he said, hey, son, hey, daughter, put this on. Never forget that you belong in this place. If we're going to stay free, you got to know. That you belong. See, one of the things the devil wants to do, one of his, you will only live as free as you see yourself. If we don't see ourselves as free, we will live how we see ourselves, not as God sees us. He's, put, he's, he's putting a robe. He's put the best robe on you. That's the first thing the father gives. The second, father says, this also in verse 22, put a ring on his hand. If you like it, you got to put a ring on it. It's not that kind of ring. This is a ring from the Father. So let's take it off, put it on the other finger, other, other hand. It's a family ring. Family ring. In this day and age, it's kind of act as a credit card. If you're under doing a contract with somebody, you got, you got the family ring out, you put some hot wax down, you stamp the ring, I'm good for it. This is payment. Come on, we're, we're good for it. We got the family word. This is a ring of representation. We had the robe of righteousness. Now we got the ring of representation. And the Father gives this son a ring. It's authority. Here's why authority matters so much if we're going to be staying free. Because we identify the lie of the enemy, and then we are able to say, come on, in the name of Jesus, when that lie comes along, you got to go lie. No longer can you stay in my mind, that lie that I don't belong, or that lie that I'm so stupid, or that lie that I'm a mess and I'll never be free, that lie that you won't amount to anything. Come on, those lies that you would never put on people you love, but you put on yourself. Well, the Father, Father says, I'm going to give you some authority so you can command that devil, those demons that come around you. Come on, you can say, get that voice on up out of here. Here's, here's what happens. Here's a visual. This is going to help you. So when the enemy attacks you and brings that lie, that, 
that deceit that's not true, here's what you do in the name of Jesus. Come on, I, I claim victory over that lie. Here's what the enemy will do. He'll say, I'm not leaving. He's got to go. You've got authority. But he, as he's walking out, he's, I'm not going anywhere. You think I'm leaving? I'm not going. I won't leave. I will not leave. I'm not leaving. Don't think I'm gone. I will not go. I'm not gone. Don't think I'm gone for a moment. And you see, you've got the power in Jesus' name to drive the enemy and that lie out of your life. And the only thing that allows the enemy to walk back into your life is if you for a second believe his lies on the, on the way out are true. No, he had to go. He was just lying on the way out. It's authority. Authority to not believe the lie anymore, to step on into some freedom. This is not how I would handle this situation if I was this father. If my son told me that I was dead to him and walked out the door and went and traveled to a distant land and spent everything he had and came back home, I did not know that I would be handing him the ring to represent the family the moment he got home. I might say you belong in this house. I might say I love you. I might say come sit at the table and let's sit there for six months, maybe a year. Let's see how you perform. Let's see how you do. Let's see if you get it together. Eventually, I might trust you with the ring of representation again. This son's not been home 24 hours and the father's saying, hey, go represent this family. I trust you. Go and represent. Come on, somebody. This is important. This is so important. Why does the father give him the ring of representation the moment he gets home? How will this help us stay free? There is a deep connection between your purpose and staying free. You want to know when I'm most tempted? When I'm idle. The devil doesn't even bother with me on Saturday. Like I am so prayed up. I'm so amped up for church on Sunday. I am telling you, I am like, I'm like super contra with the codes. You remember Super Contra and you put in the code and you have like a million lives? That's me on Saturday. Look out, I'm coming after you. You cannot take me down. Somebody was in the 80s. Murdow was in the 80s. Come on, right there. Up, up, down, down, A. What was it? <laughs> Anybody? Okay, no one, no one remembers. Millennials. Well, honestly, does not mess with me. Don't even bother messing with me on a Saturday. I got way too much purpose. I'm too amped up. But Monday, I got to watch my thoughts. If you don't wake up in the morning thinking, today I'm going to go represent my father, you will not fight for your freedom. Purpose and freedom go hand in hand. That's why as a church, we're always saying again and again, you might get sick of it. I don't. I think it's fantastic. I actually do kind of get sick of it, but I think it's so important. We never stop saying, we never, you know, you should, this is what I heard Andy Stanley or someone said, like, you should talk about your vision until you're actually kind of thinking people are sick of it. And I sometimes think maybe they're sick of hearing the vision, but you're not, I'm going to just keep doing it because you need to hear this. This is our vision around here that people should know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and then make a difference. Come on, it's not just know God, and it's not just find freedom. No, you got to discover your purpose and begin to make a difference. That's what step two is all about today, where 89% of Christians don't know the gift that's on their life. They don't know the ring of representation they have to represent the Father. They don't know how he wired you to make a difference in somebody else's life. And when we don't know this, we, we, we will not fight for our freedom the way we would if we were living, waking up in the morning saying, I got to represent today. Father gives him not just a a robe of righteousness, but this ring of representation. And then we get to the third thing. And the robe of righteousness, the ring of representation. What's the double R that's about to come with the third thing? It doesn't fit. It's some shoes. It's like, what? 
doesn't seem to fit. And you know on Christmas, right, when you're getting your kids some Christmas gifts and you give them the gift, you don't start with the big gift. Because then as you start to work your way down, your kids would be like, really? Like, no, you got to work your way up. Every, it's the, there's another level and another level. Come on, you don't start with the big gift. Come on, right? If Oprah was giving away some stuff on her show, she'd start out, hey, there's some candies under your seat. And then we got you a car, right? Like the big stuff comes at the end. You'll be like, I got you a car, and check under your seat. We've given you some candy. No, it's just weird. You get the big stuff at the end, but the shoes don't seem to fit because I think the robe is pretty sweet, the best robe. Come on, somebody. And the ring, yeah, I think repping the family is pretty big, but some shoes. Now, there are some ladies in the room this morning. They're like, I don't, shoes, come on. You don't have to preach to me. I got that. That's the big gift right there. Come on, somebody. Not just the ladies, me too. I got to admit, I like my shoes, but... Why are shoes significant? There's a couple things in the story we need to see to understand why the shoes are so significant. First thing we need to remind ourselves of is that when this son walked away from the family, he didn't just go into the city. He went multiple countries away to a far off country. He went as far as his feet would take him. Second thing we need to remember is that he got so broke he had to eat pig food. That's broke to the place where I am pretty sure the shoes he had on his feet were either he did not have shoes anymore or they were so worn down and he could not buy. And now, now imagine that footwear. Imagine cobbling together some sort of sandals that aren't even covering your feet. And then imagine walking from here to Florida. Imagine walking from here to Los Angeles, here to Toronto. Come on, imagine a long distant journey across multiple countries and you got nothing on your feet. You know how you'd feel when you got home? Like you could hardly walk. Like there's just cuts and scrapes and sharp stones have been pressed into your feet. Walking on hot ground and so your feet are burned and you eventually get home and the father puts a robe on you and says, hey, hey, hey son, hey daughter, you belong in this house. And then he gives a ring of representation. Oh man, I'm going to go represent. But you know what? The son's still wounded. And I think that so many of us can relate to this because maybe you've come to this place and you say, yeah, I'm I'm beginning to believe the level of belonging I have in the presence of my father and I'm, I'm, I'm believing in my restored purpose. But you are still so wounded. And the father comes along and gives this third gift and this third gift that says, hey, I'm gonna take that wound and I'm just actually gonna give you what you need to heal it. I'm gonna begin to wrap around that thing something that's actually going to begin to protect that part of you that's been wounded and that's been hurt before. Can I ask you this morning, church, how is your heart? How's your heart? Is it afraid? Angry, offended? Is your heart anxious? Hesitant? Worried? Just say your heart feels annoyed, overwhelmed, tense. Maybe it's just bored. You feel confused or trapped. How's your heart? Depressed, irritated, lost? Where's the wound? Are you frustrated? Maybe ashamed, discouraged? How's your heart? Is it pessimistic, hopeless, envious, embarrassed, resentful? Grieved. Maybe your heart feels lonely and forgotten. Father's 
welcomed you back in. He's preparing a party for you. He's preparing a table of celebration. Come on, this is family. We're going to eat together. We're going to party together. We're going to throw down. It's going to be an amazing time. But the Father's saying, hey, can, can we also work on that wound? Can I wrap that thing up this morning? Because if you're going to stay free, you got to let the Father heal the wound. And so God, we, we bow before you in this place, Lord, and we open our hearts to you. And God, we, we let the fear go that keeps us clenched because we know that we need you to come and we need you to heal. Bring your healing oil to our hearts today, God. God, even as we read through a list of things that are places that our heart could be, I, I know for every one of us there was something in there that resounded, something in there that we felt. So God, I thank you that your presence frees us. I thank you that you are wrapping us up today so that we can stay free and have influence and see ourselves the way you see us. God, touch and heal every one of those wounds. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, I want you to stand with me all over the room. We're going to respond in a moment of worship. Let's allow God to speak to our hearts. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling.
God for your love for us and your father's heart and I thank you God that this is not just story this is the heart of the father we receive I receive every good gift God that you have promised to give so that we can not just be in the house but know that we belong and live with authority and have our wounds healed we thank you for this God I Maybe you're here in the room this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've never made a decision to surrender your life to God through Jesus Christ. You say, man, I don't even have all my questions answered. But today I see the kind of God that this is who would reach toward me and open his arms to me and say, I forgive you. I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. Maybe you just hear that. And that alone is enough for you today to take a step to say, today I'm going to surrender my life and choose to follow Jesus. If that's you in the room this morning, or maybe a return, you've been away from God, but today you're going to be coming back to God just with a, your heart to say, I, I, like, I'm not just, I'm not just messed up a bit. I, I, like, I walked away from God. If that's you in the room today, I want to include you in a closing prayer. If today you'd say, yeah, would you? I want my relationship restored with the Father. I want to put my faith in Jesus. If that is you in the room today, we won't center you out or embarrass you in any way. No, we just want to pray for you. That's just going to be between you and God. But I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand to say that's me. And not because I want to see your hand, just because I want to give you that moment where you're like, yeah, April 7th at 10.39 a.m. I was like, yes, I'm all in. That's my day and that's my moment. So if that's you, it's between you and God. You say, yeah, that's my decision today. Would you just shoot your hand up and say, yeah, that's me today. I'm praying that prayer. I'm making that decision. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. You say, yeah, that's me, Pastor. Include me in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. Let's pray together. Maybe you raised your hand or maybe you wanted to but didn't. But if you're, if you're making that decision today, pray this with me. Come on, church, along with those who are praying and say, dear Jesus, I give you my whole heart and I choose to follow you. And I receive your love and your forgiveness paid for at the cross of Calvary. I receive your love and I stand free. I belong in this house. Thank you for saving me. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we celebrate those who made that decision in the room this morning? Best, best decision.